0: In this week's episode, we talk about how to stop self sabotaging our own joy and robbing ourselves of the rest we can have even in the middle of stressful seasons. That's today on Dreamers and Disciples. to the podcast i'm your host wade joy and i'm really glad that you've joined us today i recently shared a teaching with some worship leaders and when i did i realized that one portion of that teaching was something not just meant for worship leaders But instead, it was something that everyone can relate to. And so I wanted to share it on the podcast today. So before we get to that, though, I did want to let you know that I have a free video lesson that I have done specifically for worship leaders that I want to give you if you're in worship ministry. But I would also say this lesson and this video applies to anyone in any type of ministry. If you're a pastor, if you're a youth pastor, creative pastor, children's pastor, if you volunteer at the church. I think this lesson can still help you. It's a free video. So you can go check out the link in my bio. It's called Guard Your Heart, Five Sneaky Temptations in Worship Ministry. I'd love to bless you with that. It's actually from my online course called Performer to Pastor. So check that out in the show notes. And also, I just want to encourage you if you love this podcast, if it helps you, if it encourages you, please subscribe. That really helps the podcast get out there more. It helps with the algorithm, whatever that means, but that's what I've been told. But it also just ensures that you always get the new episode every Monday when it releases. And then if there's something that God speaks to you through this episode, I would love it if you would share it with someone else. Just send a text, post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook, but let God use you to speak encouragement into someone else's life just through the simple act of sharing a podcast. And that would mean a lot to me. And I think it would mean a lot to them as well to know that you were thinking about them when you sent them that podcast link. Now, I want to start by sharing a bit of an embarrassing story that my wife reminded me of the other day. So last year, I was taking my youngest daughter, Sydney, to the mall while we waited for my twins who were in their e-group on Sundays. And so Sydney and I needed to kill some time, so we went to the mall. And there's this digital workout system. I don't know if you've seen the ads for it or if you know anybody who has it. It's called Tonal. And basically, it's like a computerized gym where you have digital weights and you can do bench press and squat and all this kind of stuff. And it's like a mounted mirror on your wall and all the weight is adjusted digitally. And so I'd heard a lot about it. I wanted to check it out. And there is a testing setup at Nordstrom at South Park Mall in Charlotte. And so we had some time to kill. I was like, Sydney, let's go check out the tonal. Now, here's a very important piece of this story. I was not dressed to work out. I was still dressed in what I wore to church that day. I haven't embraced the baggy pants style that I see a lot of people wearing right now, especially in the worship world. So my pants are not tight pants, but they I would say they fit appropriately. And so we went and we found the tonal demonstration area. And I was like, hey, let let me try this out. So I did a bench press and that was great. And they said, well, you need to try doing a squat with it. And so I got the bar. And I went to do the squat, and I didn't even have to do a very deep squat before I heard a ripping sound at the bottom of my pants. And I realized when I looked in the mirror that it was not a tiny split, but my pants had split all the way down the back. Now, I'll spare you the details, but it was in the worst possible spot. And Sydney was laughing at me. The two guys that were working the demonstration, they were laughing at me. And then I had to figure out how to get from that part of Nordstrom back to my car without highlighting this giant split in the back of my pants. But I realized that, you know, that happened because I wasn't wearing the right clothes for the work. You know, there are specific clothes made for when you work out to make it easier. They're loose-fitting, or sometimes they're form-fitting, but they give you a lot of flexibility. But these clothes were not meant to do squats in. These jeans were not squatting jeans. But if I was wearing the right clothes, then I would be able to do that work with greater ease, with greater freedom. But I felt more restriction based on what I was wearing. And a lot of times we think that just because something is hard or it's restrictive or it's difficult, it means it's not of God. But things can be hard and still very much be what God has called us to. Ease doesn't mean it's right. Sometimes the best thing you can do is the most difficult thing. Now, that being said, though, many of us are making what we do harder than it actually needs to be because we're not wearing the right thing. Maybe we don't have the right mindset. We don't have the right habits. We don't have the right rhythms, the right behaviors. We're not carrying what we're meant to carry as we do the work. And this is true in ministry, but it's also true in life. We burn out and we think it's the load we're carrying, but in reality, oftentimes, it's how we're carrying that load. It's not that the load is wrong. It's that we're carrying that load and that burden incorrectly. So with that in mind, I want us to look at something Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. This is a very well-known, very common scripture, but I think God has something that He wants to speak to us through it. Jesus said, "'Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light.'" So Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. See, as a kid, I used to think Jesus was talking about a yoke as in the Y-O-L-K yoke, an egg yoke, which this verse didn't make much sense to me then. But thankfully, it didn't take me too long to realize that it was a different type of yoke, Y-O-K-E. And none of us are growing up in Second Temple Period Israel around the time of Christ. So let me give you some context of what Jesus is actually talking about here. So this is from Baker's Encyclopedia of the Bible, and this is what it says about just how the yoke is used in Scripture, what it's referencing. And so let me quote, it says, "...literally the wooden bar that allowed two or more draft animals—think of oxen—to be coupled so that they might effectively work together." In addition to this literal usage, the Bible frequently uses the term metaphorically to refer to work or bondage. The yoke of bondage was applied not only by foreign oppressors, but often by Israel's own kings as well. In prophetic writings, the yoke of bondage was generally associated with divine judgment so that deliverance was represented as God breaking the yoke that had enslaved Israel— The yoke of bondage figured prominently in Jeremiah's contest with Hananiah concerning Judah's imminent release from Babylonian captivity. And in the New Testament, Jesus transforms yoke into a positive term by calling on individuals to take up his yoke, which was not burdensome. So there, that was a little uh, seminary theology moment right there, but that's what Baker's Encyclopedia of the Bible says about yokes in Scripture. So, for our purposes, a yoke is what was put on not just one ox, but usually two oxen. So, it could carry or they could carry the load that was required for their work. So, a well-made yoke made the work more efficient, and a poorly made yoke made it harder than it needed to be. And so, when you are taking up the wrong yoke, because obviously, Jesus is saying that there's his yoke. And then there are other yokes that don't bring the freedom and the life that his yoke brings. So when you are taking up the wrong yoke, you are putting yourself into bondage with mindsets and behaviors and beliefs that you're not meant to carry and that rob you of your freedom. These are heavy yokes. So I want to walk us through five yokes that I've struggled with that I was never meant to carry. And I believe that you've probably tried to carry all of these five at some point, but maybe there's one right now that you are just crumbling under the weight of, and Jesus is calling you to set aside that yoke and take up his yoke. So maybe you can relate to one of these five. So there's a yoke of performance, a yoke of performance. See, when you have this yoke on, you feel like you have to get everything perfect all of the time. You think you're only loved for how well you perform at your job or in your family or on a stage or in school, but none of us can carry that weight of perfection. It will crush us. Only Jesus could do that. So there's the yoke of performance. Then there's a yoke of pleasing people. You think everyone has to like you to be successful and loved. You think that if you say anything wrong, anything that offends someone, anything that doesn't stroke someone else's ego, then you think that you are less than, that you have to please everybody all the time. And once again, that is impossible. There's a yoke of pride, always wanting to prove that you have what it takes, that you are smart enough, skilled enough, that you have the right anointing for this. And in that yoke of pride, everything revolves and centers around you. There's a yoke of pretending, and that is acting like everything is okay when it's not okay. It's acting like everything's fine, that you have your life put together when beneath the surface, you're crumbling, you're struggling, you're weak, you're weary, but you don't want anyone to know that you don't have what it takes. And then finally, there's a yoke of isolation. I know the first four (laughs) words started with P, and if I was a great preacher, I could have figured that out for this one. But I didn't want to get too cute because I think this is something we all struggle with. You think that you have to bear the weight of your burden and responsibility on your own. You don't want to ask for help. You think that this is your load to carry, and then you're just going to suck it up, and you're just going to do it, and you're never going to ask for help. So there's a yoke of performance, a yoke of pleasing people, a yoke of pride, a yoke of pretending, and a yoke of isolation. Now, I remember in 2020 when I just was really feeling overwhelmed with all of the anxiety I was feeling. And I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but it was June of 2020 and I was nervous about Sydney and her cystic fibrosis and COVID and everything like that. Things were crazy at church. My rhythms weren't really in the right place spiritually or with my disciplines. And I didn't want to admit that I was weak. I didn't want to admit that I needed help. And it took the Lord really just convicting me that I had to open up to my wife and to my friends and to my team that, hey, I don't have it all together. And there are things that I need help with. And I wasn't able to get healing until I opened up. And honestly, it was all of these jokes that I was, <laughs> I was wrestling with. I was trying to prove that I was good enough by my performance. I was trying to please everyone in my life. My concerns all revolved around me and how I looked. I was pretending like everything was okay. And as I did that, I was isolating myself, maybe not physically, but emotionally. And thankfully, the the Holy Spirit was kind in in His conviction of saying, hey, you've got to create healthier rhythms in, in your walk with God, in your relationships, in your disciplines. In essence, Jesus was saying, lay down those yokes and take up mine. He was saying, none of this is what I have for you, but we put these yokes on because we don't spend enough time with Christ in order to truly receive his yoke. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. That is an invitation to relationship. The yoke implies work though. So following Jesus doesn't mean that your body and your mind is always at rest, but I do believe that your heart and your soul can be at rest because we work from the reality that we are loved and forgiven and known by our father in heaven and we have purpose in him. So when you are in communion with Jesus, You do work in a way, even hard work, in a way that comes from a heart and a soul that is at peace and at rest. I love John chapter 15, 9 through 11. This is from the New King James Version. And I always come back to the scripture. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus is saying, come to me, abide in my love, walk in obedience. Abiding is active. Taking up the yoke of Jesus is active. When he says that in Matthew, he says, learn from me, put it into practice. But all of that comes as a gift from Christ, not as a burden. So we take up Christ's yoke when we can do what Pete Scazzaro says, And relax in God. That trusting in God is relaxing in God. We're not standing still. We're not being lazy. We're not being lethargic. We're not abdicating responsibility, but we are trusting that Christ is enough for us in all things and in all stages of our journey. So when we relax in God, our joy will overflow, our peace will abound. We can have a restful and non anxious spirit and presence. When we carry the yoke of Jesus through abiding, And obedience we find true joy. So let me give you those some more specific handles of what it looks like to take up the yoke of Jesus in contrast to the wrong yokes and the unhelpful and unhealthy yokes that we tend to carry. So let me give you five replacements for the yokes I talked about before. Instead of a yoke of performance, take up the yoke of grace. See, the Word of God says that He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. See, grace saves us. It covers our sins. We don't earn it, but grace then empowers us and calls us to holiness. And so we work from grace. We work from it, not to earn it. It was given to you It wasn't because of your perfection. It wasn't because of your performance. So walk in holiness, not out of a sense of condemnation, but out of a sense of being called. That changes everything. That that right belief, that right mindset empowers us for holy living. And we've talked about legalism on this podcast before, and you're not meant to carry a yoke of legalism, of trying to prove you are righteous. You walk in holiness because God has already made you righteous in Christ. So spiritual disciplines and rhythms are not us proving something to God. It's not us trying to prove our holiness or our perfection. But what we are doing is we're creating rhythms and disciplines and letting the Spirit transform us and shape us into who we already are in Christ Jesus. All right, instead of a yoke of pleasing people, take up the yoke of pleasing and serving God alone. Galatians 1.10 says, Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. That verse means a lot to me because I struggle with the tendency, the desire, the dysfunction, whatever you want to call it, of being a people pleaser. And I would feel like if people, certain people in my life were happy with me, then I was happy. If they were upset with me, then I was upset. And so for a year... In the year of 2020 and in in 2021, I memorized this verse and I recited it and prayed it almost daily for that year because I needed God to set me free from this yoke of pleasing people. And I wanted to realize that my life was meant to serve Christ alone. So when you live by people's praise, you will be destroyed by its absence. So we have to rid ourselves of this yoke. When criticism makes you crumble, praise will then puff you up. But when we are anchored in pleasing the Lord, we can be informed by praise and criticism, but not be shaken or distracted by it because we are servants of Christ and we are meant to please Him alone. Now, yes, you want to please your wife. You want to please your kids. You want to please your boss at work. But also your worth and your love and your value isn't determined by whether or not they are pleased with you. If you are serving Christ and you are obeying Christ, You will be a loving and godly husband or wife. You will be a kind worker. You will have a good work ethic if you are truly trying to live out the kingdom. But you're doing that from a sense that you are loved by God, not because you're trying to earn that deepest of love from other people that only God can give you. And so we have to realize that sometimes obedience to God may make us not very popular And it might not please certain people around us when we actually say and do the thing that pleases God. And so that is when we have to make sure our worth and our value and our confidence is in something and someone greater. Third thing, instead of a yoke of pride, take up the yoke of humility. And I want to remind you on this podcast, we've talked about humility is a focused confidence in God. It's not backing down. It's not being timid. It's not a personality trait. It's a mindset. It's a belief. It's a focused confidence in God and having your life revolve around God, not yourself. It's focusing on God, not yourself. It's focusing on others more than yourself. See, James 4, 6 says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I don't want God to oppose me. But this verse is a very sobering verse. God opposes the proud, but to the humble, he runs to us. He gives us grace when we humble ourselves. So God opposes pride, but he lifts up those who humble themselves before him. So being humble is not an antonym to being bold. You can be bold and humble because you can have a bold dependence on Jesus. You don't have to grasp for or strive for blessing because you know your Father will generously provide all you need. So take off the yoke of pride and take up the yoke of humility. Next one is, instead of a yoke of pretending, take up a yoke of appropriate vulnerability. Take up a yoke of appropriate vulnerability. I love what Galatians 6, 1 through 2 says. Paul writes, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. Now, I think sometimes we... We'll lean into the part where we want to help someone else, but we don't want other people to carry our burdens because we, to do that, you have to open up, you have to be vulnerable, you have to let people into your life, and you have to admit that you're weak and that you can't carry the burden on your own. And so in order to carry someone's burden, they have to admit it's too heavy for them. And in the same way, no one can help you if you don't admit that you need it. But one of the ways God shows his grace and power in our lives is through other people. And some of you are robbing yourself of experiencing the full measure of the power of the Spirit in your life because you're not willing to humble yourself before God and before others by just saying the word help. I need you to help me carry this. Because once again, it's when you humble yourself that God will lift you up. But oftentimes, humbling ourselves before God means humbling ourselves before other people. And finally, instead of a yoke of isolation— Take up a yoke of godly community. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together a summer in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, you find true fulfillment when you spur someone else on towards Christ. Not just when you're spurred on, but when you take your focus away from yourself and put it on other people and say, how can I encourage them, push them forward into all that God is calling them to be and to do? Are you close enough with anyone to do that? Are you aware of the people that are in your life right now that just need that word of encouragement, that just need that text, that just need that belief? Or is your vision so inward focused that you're missing out on all the ways you can live out the love and the grace of Jesus in the lives of other people. So consider your yoke today, those five different yokes that that you need to lay down to take up the yoke of Jesus. Jesus is daily offering you this invitation moment by moment to take up his yoke. And ultimately that is receiving his grace. It's receiving his love, receiving his forgiveness. And then from that, living in the way that he teaches. He says, take up my yoke and learn from me. That means we take everything that Jesus gives us as a gift, and then we also put that gift into practice through the way that we live our lives. Because when we live and love the way that Christ calls us to live and to love, it doesn't say that we're not going to work anymore. Things are still going to be hard. There's still going to be storms in life. But now we are doing it in a way that accesses the power and the presence and the love and the joy of the Spirit. And all of a sudden, we can do work, even hard work, even difficult circumstances with a heart and a mind and a soul at rest because we know that we are loved. We're not making things harder than it has to be. I just thought of just in the moment right now when Jesus talks about the house that's built on the sand and the house that's built on the rock. Both of these houses he is assuming are going to face a storm, but the one that is built on the rock will withstand the storm. Even if the storm is hard, even if the storm rages, that house is built on a firm foundation. The person living in that house can have peace and can have rest even in the storm. But the person living in the house on the sand is going to have a lot of work to do, unnecessary work to do when they have to rebuild that house when the storm is over because they didn't have the right yoke. They weren't building their life according to the way of Jesus and to wisdom. So consider your yoke today. God's not calling us to laziness, but he is calling us to relax in our true identity. He's calling us to be in intimacy with him and walk in obedience to his ways so that we can find rest for our souls because we're not trying to prove anything to anyone. We're not trying to earn love. We're not trying to please the fickle opinions of people, but we are living instead from trust, from a trust in God, from an awareness that we are loved and that we get to join God in his mission in the world and be empowered by His Spirit. So what yoke are you carrying and how are you carrying the load that God has called you to carry in your life? Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I pray that it encourages you. I pray that it blesses you. And once again, if there is something that God spoke to you through this, just right now, shoot a text, send a text to a friend to a family member, to a coworker and say, hey, this episode helped me and I just wanted to share it with you. Maybe you wanna post it on Facebook or Instagram. God may wanna use you to get a message of hope to someone else. While you're at it, subscribe to the podcast so that every week we can share these 20 to 30 minutes together as we go on the journey to become dreamers and disciples. See you back here next week.